people interviewed said, have a bad outlook on life. When you take offense at people, Father, we ask that you speak today and minister to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Lord. Speak. You are a great teacher. In Jesus' name. Amen. I titled my message today, The Blessing Thief. The Blessing Thief. So it's good to have you this morning. <laughs> the Blessing Thief. Uh, a man of God wrote this. He says, if Paul were alive today, Paul the Apostle, if Paul were alive today, he would see multitude of men and women attending camp meetings, seminars, and church services, amassing knowledge of the scripture. How many of you know that we are in the era of great knowledge and people are running back and forth attending seminars and conferences just amassing knowledge. Paul will watch them hunt for new revelation in order to live a more selfish successful life. He'll see ministers taking one another to court for righteous causes. He will see Christian publications and radio broadcasts attacking men and women of God by name. He will see charismatics running from church to church to escape offense. All of them professing the, the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ while they cannot forgive. I titled this message, The Blessing Thief. Because offense is really wreaking a havoc, a great havoc in the church of Christ. People have been offended. I believe that that's one of the main reasons you see people not staying in one church for long. These are very touchy people. They constantly move from one church to the other. You can mark them one, two years they're in a church and then they've gone to another church and they keep, believers keep moving. And you don't see God doing great things among us because of this. It's a real blessing thief. You know, the Bible tells us this, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Great spiritual blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that. And Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means if God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, the blessings of God should be flowing in our lives. Amen. But we do things that block the blessings. And one of the things that we do that block God's blessings in our lives Offense. Taking offense. Taking offense. Believe me, according to the words of Jesus, you have plenty of opportunities to be offended in life. You will have. Going to work, you can have somebody just go right in front of you. And then, step on their brake. And you go, You're giving an opportunity. They don't think they're offending you. They want to get where they're going. 
Right? You are offended. And you really cannot touch them, you can't hold them, but you're mad and you say, We call that uh, road phrase, right? <laughs> I'll kill him if I can get him. And then you get to the office, it's still an opportunity right there to be offended. There are people in your place of work, they want to make you look bad, and you know it. And so you have the opportunity again to be upset. You're coming back from work, you're tired, you're hungry, you're looking forward to your, the great meal you're going to have when you get home. You're sure your darling has prepared something for you, and you're, you're thinking about that. Boy, it was roast beef. And then you get back home, and you find out they haven't started to prepare your meal. I must have touched something here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and you're mad. You're mad. You have plenty of opportunities to be mad and to be angry. Jesus puts it, puts it this way in Luke chapter 17 verse 1. It is impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, expect it. But woe to him through whom they do come. Offenses will come. The question is, would you receive it? Once you receive offense and you take offense, immediately as you receive the offense, you're defiled. Because your whole mood will change. You're defiled. And this is where... I refer to offense, taking offense as the blessing thief. Because it starts from the way you feel. And everything goes downhill from there. Depending on how long you want to keep the offense. They destroy us. It doesn't take a great man to be offended. Or a great woman. Everyone can be offended when you're given the opportunity. True greatness is staying constantly and consistently the same, regardless of what is happening around you. That's true greatness. If you are easily offended, that is a true sign of spiritually. Spiritual immaturity. If you are easily offended, that is a true sign that you are not spiritually mature. We see people who are truly touchy, every little thing offends them. And some of the things you hear will really want to make you think, what's going on? They are offended because the flowers were not placed in the right place and they're mad. It's Christmas, you know. We ought to have ornaments. We ought to have tree, the Christmas tree in church. How come this church don't have Christmas trees and candles during Christmas? They are mad just for Christmas tree. So people get offended. And when you're easily offended... Possibly that's the reason why things are not going very well in your life. Because you've blocked out God, God's blessings upon your life. Think about people who are constantly mad. 
constantly angry. What's, what's happening in their lives? What's, what's going on in their relationships? Their finances. Everything goes down from there. Taking offense is a blessing thief. And this is what God wants from us. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 10 it says, That you may approve the things that are excellent. What are you supposed to approve? The things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That's what God wants. That's God's perfect will for your life. For you to be sincere in your faith. Sincere in your faith and to be without offense until the very day of Christ. That's what God wants from us. To be without offense. Why do we take offense? The reason why we become offended is generally for this reason. Expectation. Expectation. And the closer the relationship you have with the person that you are offended at, the greater the expectation. And the greater the hurt when they disappoint you because of the expectation. You feel betrayed by them. It's amazing what's happening in the world today. Most Christians operate under what I call the filial, the, well, the Greek word, the filial, love. That's, you scratch my back, and I'll scratch your back. If I scratch your back, and you refuse to scratch my back, then I get mad. That is not the love that Jesus has called us to. You see, the agape love that Jesus brought from heaven... It's a risky type of love. Love, to truly love, is a risky thing. True agape love is a risky thing. You might not get your love returned. And that's what happens to ministers. They pour so much into people's lives. And that happens all the time. If you are called to be a minister, you better know that. This is going to happen. So you must say, you must stay Constantly, consistently the same, regardless of what's happening in your life. Offense is really the natural reaction to an unpleasant condition that we're confronted with. We react to it. That's natural. But God is calling us to agape love. That means a risky type of love. That's the love of Jesus. There are many today that are outside without the kingdom of God that Jesus actually died for. And they curse his name. And if you follow Christ, they regard you as a fool. But he still loves them. Dick is good to have you back. He still loves them. If you cannot risk being hurt, you cannot give unconditional love. You have to put it all out there as believers. You have to put it all out there. 
If you love, you'll be hurt. You just keep going. You stay consistently, constantly the same, regardless of what's happened, regardless of what is being done to you. Because when you take offense, you're taking poison. It's going to destroy you. Offense is the poison of the enemy. It's a trap from Satan to destroy Christians. And we have that happening today. The offended offended people have, uh, they produce great fruit in their life. Hurt, number one, when you're offended, you fear somebody's hurt you. You're angry and outrage, resentment, this bitterness. Sometimes it graduates into hatred. You can't even stand, and it's amazing. You hear Christians, Christians actually saying things like this. I can't stand that person. You heard that? And they're born again. I can't stand this person. Strife and envy. And if you have these things inside of you, that's why this thing is so deceitful. Because see, you won't even be aware that this thing is taking over your life. Offense. And you still call on God and still pray in tongues. But then it takes over your life. And then you begin to channel, channel the way you feel. You come, you make some decisions. How are you going to respond to these people that have hurt you? You're channeling your offense. And in so doing, you're hurting people. So uh, there's that channel that we have an outlet for the way we feel when we are offended. We insult those that have offended us. We attack them. Sometimes not directly. Usually, usually not directly. It's usually talking to people and trying to win them to your side. You hurt them. You attack them. You try to wound them. You try to discredit them. And sometimes you are not even aware it's because you are offended. You are deceived to think you, this is the way things are. And if you meet somebody that doesn't agree with you, you move from that person and this person is dumb. You're looking for somebody that agrees with you. And then you form a club to hit this person. Before long, you begin to separate yourself. It's funny how you see in church, they have this little club here and they have a little club there. And as soon as you walk into their club and they know you are not a member of the club, one goes this way and the other one goes this way and you know you're not welcome. So you go your way. You're not part of the club. That's not what God has called us to. He called us to agape love. To love one. The Bible says love one another fervently. Heart love. That's what the Bible is called us to. Not taking advantage of one another and blaming one another. It's the expectation thing. When, when, you, when you love the way Jesus loved, you see, Jesus is not expecting much from any one of us. He's believing that we will come to him, right? He gave everything. And there are people out there that still curse him. 
But when we respond, you know what happened with the story of the prodigal son? The guy was way off when the father saw him and ran. I see that old man running. What did the son do? Great thing. Why should he run to the son? See, he wasn't expecting much. What son coming back was good enough for him. Amen. The guy who had wasted all that he had. Coming back alone was good enough. That's a gap in love. Regardless of the wrong that was done. He wouldn't even allow the son to speak. About the things he's done. While the son was speaking, Father, I have done. He says, put a ring in his hand. He didn't even hear what the boy was saying. That's a gap in love. And that's the love that God has called us to. To love one another fervently. When you hold offense in your heart, you really cannot love with that kind of love. Generally, when you hold offense, there's going to be betrayal. I believe that's possibly what was in the heart of Judas. Judas is carried. He kept an offense. Only God knows what he had in his heart. Because you can't betray somebody until... Unless you're truly offended. Betrayal is that part of it. There was something in Judas that wasn't happy with Jesus. Amen? I really believe that. You couldn't betray a friend that you truly love. Peter won't do that. I mean, not the way Judas did. He lied to protect himself, but Judas was very deliberate about what he was doing. He only hoped, he didn't know that it was going to result in the life of Jesus. Because he, he was aware Jesus loved him unconditionally. He was aware of that. When we betray people, what we're doing, probably out of offense, is really you're trying to protect yourself at the other person's expense. You don't care what happened to them because you're mad at them. If he, if he hurts them, if they hit him, uh, hit this person and they move away from him, it makes you feel good. It's only when something serious happens because of what you've done and you realize that maybe, maybe you feel bad. But that's not true repentance. Jesus has called us to true love. Love one another fervently. That's what we should be doing. You know... Taking offense is really a sign of the time that we live in. It's a sign of the time. We are in the last days. People are not willing to forgive even their parents anymore for the wrongs that they've done to them. And they hold that bitterness for years. And sometimes the people that have offended you can't, can't even remember what they did. But you are so focused on it, you cannot see anything else. That's all you see. And it's eating you alive. You know, the disciples, in uh, Matthew 24, after the Jesus priest in the temple, they were leaving the temple, and they started showing Jesus. It seemed as if that was the first time Jesus was in the city. I don't know why they were showing him the beauty of the temple and everything. And I'm sure Jesus has seen everything, all of that before. And he said to them, you see this here? He says, all of these stones, after a while, 
not a single stone will be lying on top of another stone. All of them will be thrown down. That was horrible news for these disciples. They were worried. When is this going to happen? They didn't say what well, they were quiet. I'm sure they were meditating on what Jesus had said. If I were with them, I'd be looking at all of the stones. I mean, if I know that this is the Son of God, huh? now I'd be looking at, my goodness, all of this beauty was going thrown down. Wow! And I'm sure they soaked in the words that Jesus spoke, soaked into their heart. And when they got into a private place, they said, Master, tell us. When will these things be? What you just told us about this building. And they knew he was talking about his coming. And he said, tell us the signs. What are we going to see to help us know that your coming back, your return to the world is close. And give us the signs of the end of the age. We need to know. And the first thing Jesus said to them, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. Because many will come in the last days saying, I am Christ. But one of the things that Jesus said they should never forget is this. He says, and then many, one of the signs, many will be offended. That's a sign that he's coming. He's coming his clothes. Many will be offended. Many will betray one another. And will hate one another. And you wonder, is he talking about Christians? I'm sure he's talking about people of the world. Well, let's read further. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many, many, right? Will false prophets deceive people that are in the world? Well, maybe that's not too clear. Let's go further. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. What love? Who has the love? For who? Us. Believers. Believers. So offense is a sign of the time that we live in. Taking offense is a sign of the time that we're living. You see, whenever I read scriptures and I read negative scriptures, I always ask Christians, why do you want to be on the negative side of a scripture? Why don't you stay on the positive side of a scripture? When I read a scripture like this, many will be offended. I say, God forbid, that's not going to be me. Not me. That's not me. When Jesus speaks a word, that word is going to be fulfilled. Amen. I don't want that word to be fulfilled in my life. Because the many that will be offended, it won't be good for them in eternity. I don't want to be part of that. But his words will be fulfilled. And guess what? Many have been offended today. Children against their parents. Parents against their children. Children will not talk to their parents for months. They are angry. Parents won't talk to their children for months because they are angry. They are offended. And all of them speak the name of Jesus. And 
and the glory to God on Sunday morning. These things ought not to be so. You know, the word of God says, repent. You know, repent. If you don't repent, he says, don't just assume that you are a child of God, everything is fine. John the Baptist said, the tree, the axe is already laid on every tree. How many trees? Every one of them. You need to bring forth fruit for repentance. We need to see it. It's so important that we do that. You can't stay offended. You block out God's blessings upon your life. Many will be offended. Many will betray one another. When you are offended, you betray somebody. That's the outcome. And then you hate. The, the, the greatest trouble with that is when you are in that condition, you become blind. Look at what Jesus says. Then, when they are offended and they hate, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You know who false prophets are? The Bible calls them wolves in sheep clothing. You know what that means? They will be in the church. Sometimes behind the pulpit. Amen. To deceive. You cannot be deceived if you have not taken offense. You will be blind if you hate and you've taken offense. Then you are easily deceived. We don't want to be deceived. So I release every offense from my life. I release my prisoners. Those that you have taken into captivity because they have offended you, I release them. I don't want them. I don't want them to block my blessings. I need my blessings from the Lord. I release them regardless of who they are, regardless of who, what they've done to my life. I release them so I can have the blessings of God in my life so that I will not be deceived. L- let me tell you, you are not smart enough. If Satan wants to deceive you, he can deceive you. You are not that. He's been here before you got here. He was here before Adam died here, possibly. You, you are not that smart. There are many that died. My wife and I watched it with Jim Jones. He was telling them, die with dignity. Die. Why did they go? Bitterness. They left the land and went somewhere else. All of them bitter. Offended because they thought the government was doing something. Die with dignity. And they died. They drank and died. I don't want to drink no Kool-Aid. And taking offense, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. When the enemy presents his Kool-Aid to you, he says, I don't want it. I don't want to drink. Because you're going to be blind. You're going to be dead. The reason why you will be deceived is because the offense will blind you. You can't see anymore. That doesn't mean you are going to be blind physically. That means the word of God will not make sense to you. No matter what revelation you receive from the word, from a man of God, you really will not understand it. You can't. Because you are blind. 
He says, because, look at the verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Why do Christians take offense? They don't want to walk in agape love. See? When the love grows, the love grows cold, guess what's going to happen? You're, you're touchy. It's easy to be offended. Pastor said something that I don't like. And I'm not coming back to that church. I'm going to look to, for one, that the pastor will never, ever say something that makes me feel bad. Amen. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. My husband did something, I tell you what. It doesn't shock us anymore. Think about it. He used to be a major shock for Christians when he said, I used to be really shocked. Uh, to tell you how naive I, I, I was, you know, uh, this is a funny story. When I was new in the United States, I didn't believe that Christians, you know, I wasn't married, but I was sure Christians were not, uh, they can't never divorce. And so I was talking to my friend. He said, uh, they are going to be divorced. I said, really? What happened? Uh, probably my first year in the United States. And my Christian brother said, well, the wife uh, likes to run around and she'll go around and stay with other men. I asked him, I said, are you sure she was truly born again? <laughs> and he said, are you sure she was truly born again? He said, yes. And they're going to be divorced. And I said, divorced? How can that be? Are you sure these guys are truly born again? He said, good luck. They speak in tongues. You know what I said? Are you sure that was the tongues of God? <laughs> I was, that can never happen. How can people speaking in tongues do this? No. Can you imagine? My wife and I will watch television sometimes. And you see people, how deceived they could be. How offense can really blind you. Here is a man that loved this woman and he picked the woman out of a multitude that he's ever met in his life and says, I'm going to live with this one. And then we're watching television and find out he was the one that murdered her. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how did he come from loving a woman that gave you all of these children and the children are still with you you truly love this person. You built your house together. You paid the bills together and everything. And now she's dead because of you. You ended a life. The one that you loved, you ended the one's life. You think about it. You wonder, Ooh, how can this happen? Because of offense. And sometimes their eyes never get open until the person is dead. And they're trying to cover it up. And they're wondering, what possessed me? What possessed me? They want to reverse it. It's too late. And they're trying to hide it. That's how far offense will blind you. And just cut you off from God's blessings in your life. People get offended. I really don't like to talk about those things. You know, just quickly deal with it. Move it and move on. Let's not dwell on this time. Amen. Why do we stay offended? Because we feel we have a right to. Yeah. 
I've been mistreated. I've been lied about and judged wrongly. And I'm not going to make it easy for them to receive forgiveness. I'm going to hold back. Ah. Who are you torturing? Who is the one sad? Who cannot smile? Who cannot laugh? Who cannot sleep very well? Who is a slave? You are. I'm going to hold them. I'm going to show them. You're showing yourself. And robbing yourself off of God's blessings. We are offended. We stay offended. Because we believe we are in the right. But according to Jesus, you are in the wrong. When you take offense. This thing is so serious. You know what Jesus said? And think about this. We hear the word and I pray that God will touch your heart. And you know how important this is. These things are. Jesus said if you are at the altar and you are about to give an offering, huh? And you remember that your brother has something against you. He says, Don't give the offering. Now most pastors will not like that. Give the offering. <laughs> he says, Do not give the offering. Leave the offering at at the altar. The pastor will pick it up when you're gone. <laughs> he says, go and make the, with your, that peace with your, with your fellow brother. And then come back. But sometimes you are not dealing with a man of peace. And you don't want peace. But you've done your part. And you're free. Because you spoke to them. You spoke to them. The, you know, the greatest deliverance can be just picking that phone up. Amen. And call somebody you haven't talked to in 10 years. They'll be shocked you called. You might have some tears of joy when it's all over, when the call is over. At both ends of the phone. Amen. Amen. A relationship rebuilt. Because you walked in agape. The person is really touched when they know they have offended you and you're calling and saying, I forgive you. And I want you to forgive me for holding offense against you. I release you today. Maybe buy them something and send it in the mail. Angela laughed. That's not going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> But we really need to love. You know what offended people do? They try to prevent themselves from being further offended. So what do they do? I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm going to avoid the person they are in this church. So I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to go to some other church. You know what they're doing? They're building walls. And before long, they've fortified the walls around them. It becomes a prison where they cannot... Step out to love anymore. Love is a beautiful thing. Love releases you. God is love. And He is beautiful. He released His love. And that's why He's awesome. 
That's what we should do. We release love. But when you build a prison over, around yourself, you destroy yourself. While you are in the prison, some people who are, are not prison in America where they have uh, television and cable, cable CNN and all of that. Now, if you are in prison in Nigeria, I can guarantee you, you won't have CNN there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you won't know what's going on in the world. Amen? That's what happens when you wall yourself in. You can't see what's happening around you. You're blind. And Satan steals from you. It's time to release every prisoner. I have a habit. Before I know, I already know when something is happening, I'm already praying for that person. We'll talk about that. Proverbs 18 verse 19 says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. You know why that is? You have fortified your walls. <laughs> you know, there's no way to reach you. You are in prison. You've made your walls so tough, not even an army can take you down. You are inside that prison. Blind. The eyes of the offended become blind. Become bad, according to the word of Jesus. Matthew 6, <coughs> excuse me. Matthew 6, verse 22 through 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness... How great is that darkness? How do we relate to the scripture? Notice what it says in Matthew chapter 24. Many shall be offended and betrayed. And then false prophets will come and deceive them. Why are they deceived? Because they're blind. They're blind. They can't see clearly. The offense has blinded them. Everything is distorted in the eyes of the one who is offended. If you are offended, you see somebody moving, you think, well, they are speaking. You see them talking there, because you are offended, you just assume they, are, they, are, they must be saying something bad about me. He doesn't like me, I know he's saying something bad about me. They may not even be saying anything about you. But that's the way you feel. You become very suspicious. And so you cut yourself out from people. Before long, you are on your own, and everyone is bad. You are the only good man in the world. <laughs> You're deceived. You're deceived. But to love, that's what Jesus called it. He's so releasing to love. To love people. So you become blind and bear no fruit. Matthew 13 verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundredfold. Some sixty. Some 30. You see, you have to, the world will always produce fruit in your life. Amen. Once you can understand, the entrance into God's word gives light. Once you can understand God's word, that word will produce fruit in your life. No doubt about it. But when your understanding becomes darkened because of offense, then the word is no longer in good ground. And you will not produce fruit 
a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. You cannot produce. One of the scriptures before this in Matthew 13, Jesus said, the one that uh, the, the um, seed fell on the stony ground, he said was the one that he didn't have deep soil. No deep soil. And when persecutions and trial and all of that that goes with the word, that's part of the word. That's how you grow. That's how you bear fruit. He said when all of these things begin to come, guess what? By and by, he becomes offended. And bears no fruit. So offense is a key part. If you can stay consistently, constantly the same and refuse to be offended, then that that seed you keep. And then you will bear fruit. You keep that seed and then you bear fruit. But if you become offended, then you cut yourself out. Why is this so important? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 through 32. The key thing is the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. He's the one that brings everything that's harvested into your life. He's the one that brings the goodies from the Father and brings them into the world. Remember what he said in the beginning, and the Lord said, and then the Holy Spirit brings it into the natural world. He's the Holy Spirit that brings all of this stuff into the natural world. And if you grieve the Holy Spirit, you get nothing from him. You remember the Holy Spirit is a gentle man. He's not going to argue with you. He just is grieved. And the Bible says do not quench the Holy Spirit. That's a human being quenching and grieving this great God. And this great and mighty God. Just you. Your actions. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? He says and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do you grieve him? Let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, clamor, outrage, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All of these are the fruit of offense. Right? They are all the fruit of offense. So you know, taking offense truly grieves the Holy Spirit. And when you give, grieve the Holy Spirit that is sealing you for your redemption... How are you going to get anything from him? He's grieved. You know how it is. If your mate is grieved with you and unhappy with you, if there is an extra room in the house, that's where they go. <laughs> right? <laughs> they go to the extra room and leave you alone. If you stay in the living room, they stay in the room. And if you go to the room, they move out and go to somewhere else. They don't want to be around you. Why? Because they grieve, right? That's what happens. Your Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm not going to be around this resentment fellow. I'm not going to say, he's bitter. Here it comes. Let's go out of here. We don't want that. Amen? No resentment. We grieve him. That's why we don't get blessed. Guess what pleases him? Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. You see, forgiveness here, that's something that pleases the Holy Spirit. That's what releases him into your life and allows him to walk in your life. Even as God in Christ has forgiven you. See, forgiveness and refusing to be offended is so key. 
to making the Holy Spirit happy in your life. And believe me, if the Holy Spirit is happy with you, he's like he was happy with Jesus, <laughs> miracles will be taking place in your life, believe me. You never know want when he's happy with you. Because he doesn't want you to be sad. He's happy with you. Before you get sad, he provides. Hey, what do you need, son? Let me give it to you so we can be happy together and do the work together. This is why I call offense the blessing thief. It grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, some people are even, they take it a step further. They are mad at God. Say, no, not me. Yeah, we are speaking to those that are in first Baptist around the corner. Not you. And some people even have the audacity to let you know, I'm not going to church anymore because I'm mad at God. And you wonder, can anyone be mad at God? Yes. Yes. And some of them are so mad at God, they go to church from time to time, and the only reason they still go to church is because they are afraid to go to hell. Yes. But they are still mad at God. And sometimes they are mad at God for... They cried and prayed for this person. Maybe your daughter, a friend, or whatever. And God didn't answer the prayer, and they died. They never tell you they're mad at God. Hey, think about it. If you are mad at God, you've cut yourself out of blessing. There's no more blessing for you. You cut yourself off. People get mad at God for different reasons. He didn't answer my prayer. He let my son die. Uh, I prayed for this job. I really believed. I fasted. And God gave the job to another person. And now I have no job. I got all these bills. I want to pay. And God didn't. I've prayed. I cried. I even called the pastor to pray. We fasted. And nothing happened. Well, haven't you read in the scripture? All things work together for good to them that love God. Love God. Not offended at God. And I call according to his purpose. Not your purpose. You get mad? You wonder, can anybody be mad at God? Well, John the Baptist was. Right? John the Baptist was mad at God. I'd like you to turn with me to Luke chapter 7. John the Baptist was mad at Jesus. He was mad at Jesus. And if that great prophet can be mad at Jesus, believe me, there are people, if you are mad at God, you need to let that go today. You need to let that go today. Look at verse 17. Luke chapter 7. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding regions. Jesus had just raised somebody from the dead. A young man from the dead. And everyone was talking about it. Verse 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John calling two of his, so notice his disciples told him about the miracles, right? They told him Jesus raised the man from the dead, right? So he heard the, about the miracles Jesus was doing. And then John called two of his disciples to himself and sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? 
Are you the coming one or do we look for another? I mean, you just heard a testimony that this guy raised people from the dead. He is healing the people. People are hearing the gospel and you're sending a message to him to say, Are you the one or should we look for another? That's an insult. For a prophet of God who introduced Jesus to the world. Who said he saw the Holy Spirit coming in the form of a dove and lightning on Jesus. He saw all of that. And he heard the voice. This is my beloved son. Why was he doing this? He was mad at him. He was mad at Jesus. Because he was in prison. And Jesus was doing nothing about it. So he sent these people to him. Should we look for another? And you know the story. Jesus said to, he, uh, to them, okay, he said that same hour, Jesus healed a lot of people, cast out demons and did all the miracles. And then he said to the people, go and tell John. We read in verse 23, or verse uh, 22. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse 23, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed, you see, when you are offended, guess what? You're cut off the blessing. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. John the Baptist was offended. He's like, Jesus, what's going on? What's up? I'm in prison. If you, why are you not releasing me? You're the Messiah. Why are you not releasing me? He was offended. So he sent those people, are you the one or should we look for another? You should be releasing me. How come I'm still in prison? And Jesus said, tell him, you cut yourself off the blessing if you are offended at me. Amen. When you are offended, you cut yourself off God's blessing. When you take offense. So the key thing is to relate. What do you do to be free from offense? Two things that you need to do. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 tells us this. Jesus himself speaking. And remember he said, everyone that does these sayings of mine. Sayings of mine. I will liken him to a wise man that built his house on the rock. So you want to be built on the rock? Do his sayings. And this, one of his sayings, he said, love your enemies. He's not suggesting to you, eh, you should, you should. No, he wants you to. He said, come on, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And persecute you. Pray for them. That's how to be free. That's how to be free. If you know they are offending you, I do this. I practice it a lot. Because like I said, if you are a pastor, you are going to go through that a lot. You pour into people's lives and they turn around and they say things and they leave, they get angry. It's just part of it. But once I see it coming, I already know. I'm already praying for them. And still pray for them. Because it's not about me, it's about the kingdom of God. I'm more interested in my life for my God than being a pastor and having a great church and have great members. And that's not, I've stopped praying for them immediately. 
I hear those things and I start praying for them. God bless them. And I do it until I'm free and I'm not thinking about them anymore. They're gone from my mind. See? But as long as things remind me of them, I keep praying for them. And keep no hurt feeling. Keep praying for them. Blessing them. Because that way, I free myself for God to bless me. It could be a test. Who knows? What happened could be a, a test. That's what happened to Joseph. You remember? His brothers sold him. Was he bitter? No, he wasn't. Did they complain? We're not told. He still loved them. He had to prove them if they had changed when he finally met them. But you see, they couldn't block his blessing because he was not offended. You know, if you have offense, God will not be with you. But notice what the Bible says always about Joseph. It'll tell you everything happened, it was so bad, and they sold him. And then it says, but God was with Joseph. Why? He had no bitterness. God could be his buddy. Say, don't worry, Joseph, I'm right here. I'll take care of you. I know the situation is bad. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. And it got even worse. But God was saying, don't worry about it. You don't know what it means to be in the dungeon of Pharaoh. Believe me, they won't have CNN in that place we said it before. And it wasn't just that, this type of nice prisons. And even prisons in, in third world countries today were not compared to how terrible it was in that place where Pharaoh kept his prisoners. Pharaoh's prisoners, they would not have anything good. That's where Joseph was. But you know what the Bible says? Even though he was wrongly accused, right? That's why we get offended. Even though he was wrongly accused, he was bitter. He said nothing against his master. And his master's wife said nothing to anybody. He just said, I was wrongly accused. That was it. When he talked to the, the one that gave wine to, the, to Pharaoh, he said nothing. But again, in that scripture, he says of Joseph, but God was with Joseph. And because God was with him, you couldn't shut him out of his blessing. God got him from the lowest part of the earth. And took him all the way to the top. Amen? Amen? That's one thing you want to do. Second thing the Bible tells us. Second Thessalonians 5 from 16 through 18. It says rejoice evermore. If you are offended you really cannot rejoice evermore. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. In everything. Give thanks. Because this is the will. You want to do the will of God? Give thanks in everything. You can't be bitter if you're giving thanks for everything. Not in everything, not for everything. In everything, he said, give thanks. Not for what's happening. In everything, you give thanks. Even though someone has hurt you, you are still giving thanks. And he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's God's will. You want to do God's will? Give thanks. Give thanks for those that have offended you. Pray for them. Do good. Amen? How many want to be free this morning? You want to be free. Uh, prayer partners, I want you to come out here. I want to pray for those. If, you, if you're willing, if you're sick in your body, 
and you want God to heal you this morning, I have that strong feeling that God is going to heal you from your sickness. Possibly it's because unknowingly the enemy has trapped you with offense. And as you release that this morning, God will free you and heal you from that sickness, whatever it is. Amen. The rest of us, let's stand up. We'll have a word of prayer so we can close. But the prayer partners are here. I will be here for a while, momentarily. So if you need prayer, please come. If you're sick in the body, please come. Let's give everything to the Lord. How many is willing to give everything to the Lord? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your love for us, that unconditional love that you demonstrated on the cross. We receive the light from that cross today. We receive the forgiveness and we release our prisoners from our heart so that we can receive the blessings from the throne of God. Thank you, Father. Bless your people as they go. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.